Welcome to Therapy in the Wild. I'm your host, Heather Pincelli. I'm a mom of three chaos creators, aka kids, and a licensed therapist. Don't let the cool title and fancy letters behind my name fool you. I am as real, raw, and unfiltered as they come, both in my personal life and in my therapy office. Strap in and strap on for some brutally honest conversations where no topic is off limits where we play, laugh, and bring fun to the forefront. Let's get started. Hello, I am excited today to have one of my good friends and colleagues, Amanda, on the show. She is coming to us from Memphis, Tennessee. And today, we are going to talk about trust. Trust of ourselves, trust of others. (laughs) Um, not only were Amanda and I were discussing how not only are we seeing this with our clients a lot, but also with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. And so, um, yeah, Amanda, if you would like to start what you're, what you're bumping up against, what you're seeing coming in with your clients right now. Yeah. So it's so, I've heard this in so many different realms and it continues to be a part of my journey as um, a mom and a wife and a friend, but also as a facilitator and a coach is these, these loops and themes that come around that are not only serving my clients, but me. And I heard someone share one time that, you know, what hasn't been addressed or healed within yourself is something that you will potentially bump up against with your clients um, or with friends or anyone that you're supporting. So it's so interesting that, I've had, um, I mostly support, um, moms, working moms, people in partnership. And a lot of those women are sharing with me a lack of trust in themselves and their partners to get X, Y, and Z done. Right. And what's interesting is I took that as this trust of the external and was like, okay, I've, I've got, we've got tools for this, all the things. And then I started to, on some of my walks in the evening, reflect on, what was coming up in my own system Mm. and all of it revolved around control and a lack of trust. And so maybe it didn't have to do with my partner, but in this new edge of partnering with really, really powerful and well-equipped and incredible women, I am having things come up in my system as well. Mm. And then just kind of tracing back like the connecting dots of that and, and where that may have Taken root, taken root. Um, it's been interesting to to follow those breadcrumbs back, and then to take my own medicine and and really lean into some of the rawness and vulnerability of that. I myself took a page from my own coaching book and was really, really exposed to um, a co facilitator of mine that I am learning, even though we've been friends, to be that much more. Um, intimate and to trust in her safety Mm -hmm. that she's already given to me. Like she's already proven to me that she's a safe person, but my system is still learning to trust in that. So that's currently where I'm at in my own journey and with clients. It's just been such a ride to watch like the intersection of both. Yeah. Oh, I have goosebumps because I, I'm, I'm on the same journey, similar, I should say, in the sense of tracing back and and honoring where did I learn to not trust myself and not trust others? 
And there's there's all sorts of directions we could go here, right? There's the mother, mother learning. What did what did our moms teach us way back when, all the way down to in utero? What's the father learning or personality patterns and how do they play into that? And at the end of the day, there's the baseline of what is it doing for us, against us, and to us that we don't have trust in others or ourselves? Like, what's the real impact of that? And something that came up for me when we were talking about this subject was this immediate, um, this immediate thing that happened in a partnership that I was in. And I shared a little bit about this on, on another podcast. I think it was episode two that I was in a partnership and I unearthed and uncovered that there was a deep, deep series of manipulative, manipulative lies and not little small white lies, but like somebody leading double and triple lives. And, you know, I've done a lot of healing work and I have a lot of self-awareness and I can remember being in that partnership and being like, something is not right. I would, I would say the vocabulary to my own. Yeah. 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 I would say the vocabulary to my friends, to my own therapist, like he's manipulative, he's secretive. He calls himself private, but it's not private. It's secretive. So I already was stating the truth out loud. And so when I unearthed this, it was the most eerie sense of calm. I was like, I already knew my system already knew. I may not have known what the actual details were, but I knew that this person was not authentic, was not telling me the truth, was not being loyal. And it wasn't about them. It was about me. Yeah. And here's what immediately hit me, which is why I love this conversation so much is in that moment that I'm standing there unearthing all this, I was like, Heather, this is on you. Like this is on you, girl. You, how many times would you like to sit here and go through similar things before you're ready to touch the places you have been too afraid to touch within yourself? I knew they existed. I know what they are. But I thought, oh, I can, I can move forward in life and have what I desire without actually touching all of those. I can just surface level know they're there and it'll be fine. And I remember saying to myself, it's now or never. If you, if you want it to look different in the future, you cannot continue to show up in a halfway, right? Like half in, one foot out, one foot in kind of way and expect someone else to show up fully. If you aren't yeah. willing to touch these places, this is what you have to look forward to. And I was like, I am fucking done. And I immediately got on the phone on like voice message and I messaged like everyone in my circle. I think you might've even been in my circle. You were one of those people. Yeah. You were one of those people. And what was beautiful about that is that I could feel the full body ownership of that. You had, when you were just stating that like you were saying these things to people previously, that was all you were logicking that you, that was all in your mind. And when that landed like a freaking thud into your body, that's when I know that people are doing the full, like authentic expression of ownership is because action is always attached to yeah. that. And that's what you did. Literally. You were like, okay, bye. I'm doing the thing. See you later. And I was like, Oh yeah. Catch you on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which then brings up the question of like, where does it come from? And 
And that is part of the bypassing, right? When you just try to go, okay, well, this is what it is. And it's like, well, actually we have spent so much time practicing not being vulnerable, not fully letting people in, letting them in enough that it feels like they think they're in, but we've got this piece that we're withholding. And you said something beautiful. You'll have to remind me what it was that one of our mutual mentors, Anat, said to you something along the lines of, um, you're not being vulnerable. You're... Yeah. Yeah. She... And what's interesting about that is, and to touch on the point that you're that you're starting to unravel is that like within your journey, there's diff- there's different depths of awareness and ownership. So for a long time, for me, it was just putting on the happy face. And that was the extent of my vulnerability, which was none. Um, and then it became, I'm going to show more parts of myself, but there's still that uh, interweaving of control. I'm choosing the parts that I'm showing you that I feel comfortable showing you, even though it's a, a wider range. And then I, I met myself this summer in these deeper opportunities for connection with others. And I, yes, we were talking with our mutual mentor and she reflected this, like dropped this massive bomb on me. She said, Amanda, what it sounds like you're doing is you're testing people out. Like you're giving them an audition to see if they'll go away. And that, my friend, is not authenticity. Yes. That's not vulnerability. That's not rawness. And I was like, oh, shit, you are right. And that, that the testing, the lack of safety and the trust, that is what is still pegged to what has been before, what we were conditioned to respond in, in that way. And so, yeah, when she, when she dropped that, I was like, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's the testing. Like that part was like, whoosh. Yes. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. When you're testing people out, you think again, it's so easy to think it's about them. I'm testing them when really you're just sabotaging yourself and you're giving yourself this confirmation bias of, yep. See people leave. Yep. See people can't be trusted. Yep. See people aren't faithful. And it's like, well, Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. Like, yeah, when you're testing somebody out, you're giving them all these tests and you're playing a game with them. You're playing a game in a different way, but it's still a game. And that's a hard thing to digest, right? Like, Yeah. And it's a form of manipulation. Like what I found was that I, I was in this particular example, my actions were what really was the thing to question of like, I'm not actually showing up as my like highest self at my true essence, because I'm reverting back to patterns of old, you know, and, and then seeing, Oh, does that still work? Does that still push someone away? Even though I know it to be true that that's no longer who I am. So it's like, I'm trying on past costumes Mm -hmm. of this like 1.0 version of myself and just like fucking around to find (laughs) out like, who does that? Right. And so it was, that was the moment again, getting into action where I just, you know, through voice messaging named it to this person and just said like, I have been doing this and I no longer wish to show up in this way. Mm -hmm. And so I I just want to, again, take ownership of that and also allow you to call me forward when you feel like energetically that may be happening. Because again, I wasn't, you know, really throwing huge bombs into this relationship. It was all very nuanced. And so I think that's where like 
us being sensitive to energies around us. Like sometimes we know before we can hear or see, like we feel it. And, and so, yeah, that, that vulnerability of like, not only am I going to name this, but I'm going to ask and trust that you're going to call me forward in a loving way was this whole other level of like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I was thinking, and I've done a lot of work around is, and it's also really sad that, you know, women, if we, if we focus on specifically trust of others and for us as women, it's often other women and knowing the power and the absolute necessity of having solid female friendships and connections. Mm -hmm. It's such a sad thing to me that this story plays out with so many of us and for so many generations of like watching your back with women. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't until I'm 43 now, I was probably 35, 36, maybe in there that that really hit me just how profoundly important female connections and friendships really are and the damage it has done to my self-esteem, my life, my, the, the quality and value of my life from not having those. And when I started to do some work around this, it was like a ton of bricks hit me because I'm like, of course my mom left me. She literally left me. I, I was not, she was not there when she did come into my peripheral vision at all as a kid. I knew that it was a bad thing. When my mother showed up, it was manipulation, it was games, it was um, turning things around on me, pointing the finger at me. Um, There are times that she has literally called in false reports to state agencies to try to like sabotage my career. And and so when when I look at this and I, I zoom out and I allow myself to just kind of view it, it's like, almost comical. Of course, like there's the writing on the wall, right? I've been practicing protecting myself against women since I was a kid because my mother was not a safe person. She was not a good person. Like she was danger to me. No wonder. And whether you had, yeah. And whether you had like that big T trauma or you had a mom that maybe just had some patterns and dysfunctions that wasn't serving her or you, that creates that chaos in our system where that's our normal. And so that is why it hurts my heart and literally turns my stomach when I watch women playing out these caricatures of drama and, and deception and gossip and chaos, because it's like, that's not you. That, that really, I don't believe that's any person, any woman's essence. It's just what we've learned yeah. because when there's nothing going on, that's when we're perceiving that there's something wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it is something that I've had to check myself on many a times as an adolescent, a teenager, a young adult. And now is like reverting back to those more comfortable, um, dialogues of behavior. Yeah. And being willing to try something new. When you learn something, you can unlearn it. However, and but to unlearn it, you you can't just sit and and say, you know, on a logical level, like, okay, this is what it's going to look like. You have to make the choice to go practice it, which means testing it out, right? 
Oh yeah. Being willing to put yourself in that situation. I'm not saying go all in. I'm not saying tell all your deepest, darkest secrets, but being willing to go a little further with a trusted person and dipping your toe further and further into the pool, noticing what's that feel like, what's coming up for you. What are the things that feel good? And you're like, oh, wow, this is great. I love this. What are the things that you're collapsing and going, oh my gosh, I have to pull back. I need to be the turtle that goes back in its shell and hides. Yeah. And I want to note note too that like this can, (laughs) every argument is not a divorce. So like what I have also had to learn is that when I was handing someone a script and watching and molding this, this caricature of who this person was going to be in my life, like I can also go back and unlearn and undo and trade out, um, how that plays out. So like, I've done that with one particularly close female relationship that like I had painted her as this mother figure who was dysfunctional. And then I allowed myself and her to play that out. Mm -hmm. And it, almost ruined our relationship. And so now I get to go back and that has been one of the most gratifying experiences because I also get to watch, Ooh, there's the thing. I also get to watch people show up Mm. that I had believed that they couldn't. And then they hold you even more than you ever imagined that they could. And that is like that healing medicine. Like that's that connectional or connectional connection and relational healing that like is possible even for women, even if the past looked like a hot mess. So like using your discernment on who those people are, but that like you can, you can reverse that cycle. Yes. Yeah. Powerful. Um, okay. So I want to share something. We recently did a women's retreat together in Knoxville, Tennessee, And Mm -hmm. I want to share a story that one of the women just told me last night. She did not know that we were going to do this podcast together. And then after that, I'd love if we each could just share like, what's one action step, one tip that viewers, listeners can implement, you know, if they're finding themselves in the space of lacking or feeling a longing for more female friendships and deeper female friendships, what's one thing they could do? So. The story is one of the women was messaging back and forth with me last night, talking about how different their world has been since coming home from the retreat. And the retreat ended on what, two weeks ago. So we're talking in two weeks time and she's a married person and that her husband who has not started dipping his toe into this sort of work, right? The, the embodiment, um, he's participating mainly in talk therapy type stuff, which, which is still Mm -hmm. great. And there's, there's a whole, right. There's a whole other unlocking and unearthing of everything. When you start the somatic embodiment, you know, integration. Um, and so her husband says to her unprompted, I can notice a difference in you since the retreat. I know. Oh, I can love that. Like my whole body just lit up. Um, I can notice a difference in you since the retreat. And what she was telling me is how much that meant to her, the validation of mm-hmm. people are noticing. And so she proceeds to elaborate on the story that they had a bit of a rupture, which is why 
I'm mentioning this story is that the ruptures don't have to end in divorce. It doesn't mean divorce. I like to view, um, I like to view ruptures as an opportunity for deeper connection. And so she was painting this picture of how they, they got into a pretty big rupture, the, the biggest one since returning home from the retreat. And that typically she would play the story out in one way. And this time she played it out. She left. There was silent treatment. They, they were starting to play that script out. Mm-hmm. And she went home. She had forgotten her phone at home. She went home and decided her body was like, I don't know, just do it, just go. And she went to her husband and said, I'm sorry, I don't want to go. I don't want to play this out like this. I didn't, I didn't, should not have spoken to you that way. I didn't have a right to talk to you that way. Oh, and and then she was so excited because it changed the entire dynamic of that moment, the day, everything. And it was that it's exactly what we're talking about of like, give yourself permission to try something new in a different way and notice what it does for you. We're not saying that the situation, you're not controlling the situation in the other person. I'm asking you to notice what does for you. How does that feel? What did it feel like? Yeah. Yeah. So I was so, oh my gosh, like so proud of her. And also I'm like, yes, I wish that everyone could experience. Yeah. It's really fucking hard and it's really edgy and it's really crunchy. And yet the reward sign me up all day, every day. I wish that I would have learned this as a teenager. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the essence of being the light and just going first, you know, like one of our other, you know, mentors, Bryn, like did like a whole series. I feel like she talked for a long period of time of like the power of going first and that, you know, I don't want anyone to hear that story and be like, Oh, women just need to submit. And it's always my fault. Fuck that. Like, nobody's here for that. But the, the ownership and the letting it be messy and like understanding the power of you saying, that's not how I wanted to show up is it is it's, it is so pivotal to whether you're in partnership, whether it's just a friend, like, Whoever it is, I think that so much of us, the belief, the story I'm telling myself is that if I own up to this, if I am responsible for this, then it gives you a reason to leave. Yes. And that's not true. Yeah. Like it's not ammo for you to be abandoned again. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. So one thing each that viewers, listeners could implement. Um, what's coming up for me is evaluate the friendships in your life and identify one, maybe two people that you feel you can trust the most to play in this new space, to try things out. And you could even say to them, Hey, I'm trying a couple new things. So you might see me showing up different or saying different things. And you could open the change and the newness with even a dialogue, but I would encourage you to identify one, maybe two people that you can start to show up and try and play. And the key word is play. It does not need to be this structured, serious. It could be as simple as like, Hey, Amanda, I, um, you know, when you, when you did this to me yesterday, I noticed that I was really frustrated and, you know, like, I, that I'm real, also really testy. Like I want to own, this is a true story. Like I want to own this week. I'm like really testy. And also 
I've noticed this dynamic with us and I would love if we could try a different way. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and having the faith that if the person you're trying this with and playing this with collapses, that's okay. You've got you and maybe they're not the person you try it with. So keep playing with it. Okay. That's my one thing. Yeah. Um, I would think mine's like one, but part A, part B is like, once we get out of autopilot and we just are, are out of this mentality of like, this is just the way that it is. I think that we are able to open our eyes to things that we want and that maybe we've been afraid to really own that we want. And so something that I was afraid for a long time, um, to name that I wanted was these like intimate, really, really doing life with women type Mm. relationships. And so when I allowed myself to open up to who has these relationships, I saw three to four women that were doing that actively. They were, they weren't, they hadn't arrived. No one arrives. Right. But they were actively pursuing and acting out these more embodied, um, intimate relationships Mm. with other women. And so what I would encourage everyone to do is to get curious about what version of me would be required for me to have that also. Mm. Like, so a little bit more of like an introspective, you did like an external action-based love that. And I would love for people to just get curious about like, what are the things that I'm currently holding beliefs, systems, conditioning? Um, what are patterns that I currently have that are keeping me from having that thing that I want having those relationships? Because I really do think that it starts within, like I had to look at who am I as Amanda and what am I operating under? And is that in alignment with what that person has? Yeah. Because I'm very good at modeling. Like I'm very good at like, okay, they have that. Okay. How how have they done that? And then reaching out maybe even to those people, like talk about vulnerability. Hey, you have this relationship that I would really love to emulate and to embody. Um, How'd you do that? <laughs> right? Like that's a connection in and of itself. Yes. Um, so that's what, that's what I would say that <laughs> the little ones We've been running embracing about. it all. I'll be there in a I'll be there in a minute, baby. Embracing it all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So funny. Love it. Yes. Um and, and it's funny, I'll I'll end on this note. That's exactly one of the first steps I took is I messaged people that I didn't even know and was like, hey, I'm noticing this about you. And where did you learn that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. my elementary yeah. school did not teach this. Right. right. Oh my gosh. Oh, and isn't that so full circle that instead of like we use that phrase a lot in our like healing spaces of like, where did you learn that? even in an expansive way, like, where did you learn to be vulnerable? Where did you learn that it was safe to trust that trust others? I love that duality of that question. Yes, exactly. Love it. Well, Amanda, thanks so much for joining and being here today. So fun. All right, my dear, I will be in touch. 